Today on episode number 736, oh my gosh, am I going to do this? Yep, I'm going to share an opinion based on my life experiences, based on some facts, and based on some laws, and we're going to talk about charging your guest an appearance fee to be on your podcast. Yeah, that's an actual thing. We're going to talk about why some people can pull it off and why some people should be very, very worried, and then you can tell me if I'm full of it or not. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I'm your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, this is where I help you start your podcast and grow your influence. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. If you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start, use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription. And normally I jump right to the content, but I've got a very important kind of uh, housekeeping thing I need to do, and that is if you ordered my book, Profit From Your Podcast, that's available at profitfromyourpodcast.com, originally... It was going to be released in July, and then it was going to be released in August, and then it was going to be released in September, and this is kind of COVID-related. I talked to my publisher, and I'm like, what's going on? And if you go to the Amazon listing there, you will see where now it shows it was released in, in July, which it wasn't, and that it's out of stock. This is a little confusing, and I will say I've not had a ton of communication from my publisher, and I just would like to remind everyone that communication is the lubrication that makes all engines operate functionally better. Yeah, that came out of my mouth, swell. And what's happening now is if you ordered the book back in July, first of all, thank you, uh, but you're now getting this email that says, hey, Do you still want this book? And I'm here to say, yes, you still want this book. I do believe it's coming out in September because they actually, my publisher emailed me and said, hey, we need your physical address to ship you because I get X amount of books uh, to, to hand out. So my apologies for any kind of confusion, my apologies for any kind of delay on this that has to do, I, I emailed or I actually got my publisher on the phone. I go, look, what's going on? And they just kind of went one word, COVID. And, you know, your staff gets cut in half, et cetera, et cetera. So the book is on its way. It's a little confusing. And now you know what I know. But I just wanted to say, if you get that email, it says, hey, do you still want that book? I'm here to say, yes, you do. All right, you ready? Because I'm pretty sure when I talk about this subject, you're going to go, you can do that? Because that's really kind of where this should be. What we're going to talk about is charging an appearance fee. Yes, an appearance fee to your guests. So if you're doing interview shows, you can go to your guest and they go, hey, I'm a perfect fit for your audience. You talk about widgets. I'm a widget expert. I really would love to come on your show and talk about widgets. And you go, yeah, that'll be uh, 150 bucks. Yeah, that'll be $500. Yeah, that'll be a couple of grand. What? Yeah, so as podcasting, continues to get just more and more popular. Millions of listeners now worldwide. From what I understand, Brazil is waking up to podcasts, probably have been for a while because, well, I'm a stupid American. I don't really pay attention to that, but I do see their numbers coming up. 
And so there are a few, and I mean very few from what I understand, but this may be a trend, but also keep in mind, very, very popular and very, very niche shows that can charge people this guest appearance fee. And while I understand, especially now in COVID with some of us, you know, struggling, uh, maybe we're out of work and things like that, that we're trying to at least pay for the cost of production. Maybe we're having somebody edit the show. We got to pay for our hosting. I'm here to say there are some things to consider before you go charging people for your show. Now, for the record, a lot of this is opinion, but I'm going to talk about some things that I'm like, this is what I'm basing my opinion on. And if I'm missing something, by all means, I am really a huge fan of dialogue. So if you're listening to this and go, that guy's an idiot, I would love to hear it. But here is one thing to keep it. This, this is how this works. And it's the good old supply and demand. And so some people are charging to be on their show uh, because of the law of supply and demand. And basically, you can summarize this. The smaller the supply for something, the more you can charge. Think any kind of super hot Christmas toy at Christmas. You know, that's like, oh, you've, you've got to wait in line and you've got to, you know, run and tackle people to get the new whatever. And uh, consequently, that toy is also really, really expensive. I remember growing up, uh, there were these, uh, Mattel had a little football game and there was also one from Coleco and everybody wanted the Mattel one. But even if you could go to plan B and get the Coleco one, which was better by the way, cause you could pass on that one. And, uh, they were not cheap. And my dad was a truck driver and there wasn't anyone in the city of Akron, which is where I live. But my dad was on the road and found one. And I was a very happy boy that Christmas, but it was not cheap. Why? Because the supply was very limited. And then the other thing is, right, when you have a huge demand, so there is a value in this product or a perceived value, then you can charge more. So again, this is sometimes a an actual value. Sometimes it's a perceived value. But if your show is super niche, that's another one. It may be the only podcast on a topic. So if you're doing the Pygmy Pony show, right, and and you're you make saddles for Pygmy Ponies, there's really only one show to go to. Or I spoke uh, an episode earlier. Uh, about a person that was getting huge amounts of downloads because he talked about the history of Vikings and not like Vikings on TV, like real Vikings getting huge amount of downloads because he was the only person talking about it. So either having a really, really popular show or a really, really niche shows. But remember when sponsors are paying you money, what they're really paying you for is to get in front of your audience and if a guest thinks you have a large chunk of their audience, then they may, keyword, they may be willing to pay to get in front of them. But they're paying to get in front of your audience. Now, some people, what they'll do is when you have too much demand on a, on a product of some sort, you can kind of manipulate. I, I hate that word. You can kind of manage. How's that? We're going to manage the demand by raising the price. And an example of this in a, another lifetime in my twenties, I was a working musician. Now I still had a, an actual job, but it was one of my uh, super serious side hustles. 
And I played in bands from the time I was 16 to about the age of uh, 40 something. And some of these bars, you had to pay a, what they called a cover charge to get into the building. And why did they do that? Because if you're willing to pay $5 to get in the door, there was a really good chance that that kind of person had disposable money to buy food and drinks. In this way, your bar was full of your target audience, people willing to buy food and drinks. Because in some cases, these places were little. They were very small, which was always kind of fun. And uh, you you didn't want people in there that weren't going to buy food and drinks. And that's what's always kind of interesting about the music business is you're not really in the music business. You're in the food selling, beer drinking business. And if you have a a ton of people, let's say, begging to be on your show, charging for an appearance might slow the demand and it might shorten the line to get into that guest chair. So only those who really know that you have their target audience are going to bust out cash to sit in the guest chair. And it sounds like a good idea, but let's take a look at this a little deeper. If you take a long look in the mirror and if you go into, let's say Google, you go, you've heard of that, right? Google. Yeah. Go into Google and type in your subject. So if I typed in podcasts about podcasting, I'm pretty sure. Well, I know there's a giant list. If you go to podcasts about podcasting, there's a giant list. I'm not one of four. And if it's, you know, a Viking show, I always throw out pygmy ponies. If it's underwater basket weaving, then you might have a super niche audience. But that's the first thing is, are there other places for people to go? And number two, do you have a large audience? And this, again, if you have a super niche audience, maybe you don't need to have that large of an audience. But if you don't, if you're doing a show that's inspirational, that lifts people up, you're going to have to have a really large audience because there's plenty of those out there. If you're doing a golf show, there are plenty of those. If you're doing a real estate show, there are tons of those out there. If you're doing a religious show, tons. So not many people can say they have a super niche podcast with a large audience. And here are some things to consider. All right. Number one, you, you do this and you you start to get a little extra money. And one of the reasons people are considering this is TV talk shows, and this is due to the, I guess, the actors union, they pay guests to appear on their show. And based on certain things I researched, somewhere around 726, because apparently 725 wasn't enough. That's a weird number. Uh, you get $726 per episode. But that is for a show, again, with millions of viewers. Now, according to some reports by MarketWatch, here's the thing, and this is what makes me worried about this. And this was done in January of 2020. As I record this, it's August. So this was written pre-COVID, and my guess is the numbers have gone up. But here's my worry, because this money you're going to bring in is kind of like extra money. Wow, this is great. 30% 30% of adults have no emergency savings at all. And that's if you make 
$50,000 a year. So if you lose your job tomorrow, it's not like, well, we've got enough savings in the bank to last us three months. No, you got enough savings to maybe make it to six o'clock. And if you go up to $150,000 a year, like, wow, that's three times as much money. I bet these people have it made. Again, according to MarketWatch, 25% of people are still living paycheck to paycheck. So that is not a guarantee. There are plenty of times when you got more month at the end of the money. So let's say you come up and you're charging, I don't know, $250. And I'm just pulling that right out of my rear end. $250 an episode to have somebody sit in your guest chair and you do a weekly show that's $1,000 a month. And you're like, wow, we got an extra $1,000 a month. And this is where I'm bringing in my baggage. When I have extra money, uh, especially when I had a house, there was always something to, it's time to build a new fence. It's time to get siding. It's time to do this. It's time to do that. And you know, it's time to get braces for the kids or, Hey, let's get that pool we've always wanted. And, uh, or here even worse, let's have another kid because those little boogers are expensive. Now, what was extra money to put into your savings or just have some breathing room is now being spent every week, especially based on those numbers I just found. It's kind of no longer extra money. It's money that you need. And the problem with that is when you need guests to pay, and this is, again, my worry, is when your back is against the wall, you kind of do things because you kind of have to. And now you start to accept any guest as long as, well, A, they have a pulse and B, they got your 250 bucks or whatever you're charging. And I mean, I've been there. I have done that. When I graduated the first time, I had an associate's degree in electronic engineering. And when I got out, I was IRA college graduate. I took a job as a janitor at my church to help pay the bills. It wasn't the most glamorous job and not that there's anything wrong with being a janitor or a custodian, but uh, it wasn't really what I planned on doing when I got out of college. But I had a student loan to pay and I needed to save up some money to move into an apartment. My dad, growing up at one point, uh, had a degree in computers. He got into trucking. Uh, if you could put up some air quotes for me, temporarily, which lasted about uh, 40 years, something like that. Uh, at one point when he was in between jobs, he took a job as a convenience store manager. So think 7-Eleven, things like that. And he worked the night shift. And again, not that that's a horrible job. It just wasn't really what he was hoping to do. And it was great because he would then sleep during the day and talk about don't poke the bear. Hoofa. So sometimes you have to do what you have to do because you got to do like you got a family to feed. You got to keep the lights on and things like that. So I'm worried that what starts off as extra money because you're charging your guest is now, Hey, I got to find somebody to get on my show because junior needs books for school or, you know, we got to pay for that football uniform or whatever. So now if you are a person, again, this is my baggage. I'm typically okay with money. Uh, my ex-wives, Maybe not so much, but uh, I I can dig myself out of a hole. I'm I'm very much. Uh, my dad was very much a, a Lannister. If you were a fan of HBO's uh, uh, Game of Thrones, you know a Jackson always pays his debts. And so, what could happen then is what I'm going to call a negative spiral. If your guests, so you just start taking anybody. Your show is about NASCAR, but you're going to interview this person because they talk about knitting or they talk about Dalmatians and you're like, 
That doesn't really fit, but they got 250 bucks, so you're in. And uh, if your guest doesn't fit your audience and they don't deliver, you know, my favorite word, value, then what's going to happen? Well, you might lose your audience. And remember, that's what people are paying for. People, whether it's sponsors or whoever, they're paying to get in front of your audience. And if all of a sudden you just start throwing anybody out there, you might lose that audience. And if that audience goes away, so does the demand to get in front of them. And that's where I go, hmm. So A, don't spend the extra money. B, hold on to your integrity and only bring people on your show if they deliver value. So again, this is my opinion. You don't really need to sell me your guest on your show. I see a lot of people do this uh, where they're like, hey, on today's show, his name is, you know, Jim Smith, and he cured cancer. He invented sliced bread. He actually uh, invented, you know, he can turn dog poop into gold. He is the, you know, I, I really almost don't need to hear that because when you are bringing a guest on your show and I've listened to you all the time, like I just listened to Red Podcast with David Hooper and he had some guy named Trip Linear, I think it was. And Dave gave a little interview, like a little brief introduction, which is good. You want to do an introduction. But pretty much, if that guy's on Red Podcast, I, I know Dave has vetted him. I trust Dave to bring on people that are going to deliver value. So I, I say that because if all of a sudden the people that come on your show do not deliver value, yeah, I'm going to kind of go, that person didn't fit. But I'm also going to look at the host and go, what are you doing? And so keep that in mind. You're, it's going to be you that gets the blame, not so much the guest. Because you, I always say, picture your audience behind you and you're a goalie on a soccer field. And anything that doesn't deliver value, you swat away. So charging your guest to be on your show, A, could very easily become money that you need if you're not careful. And B, if they don't fit, ugh, you could end up losing your audience and you work so hard to get them. Now, another one here is potential FTC issues. The FTC is a thing in the U.S. And hang on, U.K. people, I got something for you. The FTC, Federal Trade Commission, they state at their core, they have these guidelines. And at their core, it says, reflect the basic truth and advertising principle that endorsements must be honest and not misleading. An endorsement must reflect the honest opinion of the endorser and can't be used to make a claim that the product's uh, marketer couldn't legally make. So you have to be honest. So when you say, I'm so happy that Jim Smith is here. He is here to talk about Play-Doh. And I know I show our show is about microphones, but you know, Jim is a Play-Doh expert and uh, he's coming on. He's my favorite Play-Doh expert. Maybe that is the truth. But on the other hand, he doesn't know. We're not here to talk about Play-Doh. We're not here to talk about pizza dough. We're here to talk about microphones or whatever your show is about. Uh, now in the FTC guidelines, uh, 255.5, uh, where there exists connection between the endorser and the seller of the advertised product that might uh, materially affect the weight or credibility of the endorsement. In example, the connection is not reasonably expected by the audience. Such connection must be fully 
disclosed. In other words, if you're getting paid to have somebody on your show, you need to disclose that. So keep that in mind. Now, for me, by having them on your show, okay, this is just for me, your audience, again, trusts you to bring on people of value. Now, if you're in the UK, there's a thing called the CAP code, and it states in section 2.4, marketers and publishers must make clear their advertorial, so that advertorials are marketing communications. In other words, you got to say, hey, I'm welcoming to the show, you know, Shelly Johnson. And by the way, Shelly paid me $500 to come on here and talk about her product, which is what we're going to talk about today. Because I don't know about you, I don't listen to a lot of radio, but there's a channel here in my my hometown of Akron that on the weekends a lot, it's like Dr. White Teeth. He's coming here to talk about, and he's got this, it just so happens that he has these great products that make your teeth white. And then it's, you know, later it's, it's Joe Schmo chiropractor and he's going to talk about such. And it's like, and at the end, they say at the beginning, they say the following is a paid advertisement, blah, blah, blah. The, the opinions may not reflect that of the thing. They're saying, Hey, you're getting ready to listen to a commercial. And I don't know about you, but when I hear those, like when I, uh, back going back to the days of my twenties, when I would get home from playing out in a club, I would turn on the TV and it'd be like the sham wow commercial at like three 30 in the morning. And for the most part, I don't turn on infomercials on purpose, right? Those are there because nobody else is listening because most people don't want to watch an infomercial. So keep this in mind. So if you're like, Dave, are you pro or I'm not a big fan of charging your guest to be on your show? That is my opinion. I just explained why. And if you say, hey, Dave, I'm really good with money. I won't spend the extra money. And uh, I'm going to always make sure that the guests bring value to my audience. I'm super dot into who my audience is. And I will definitely disclose that this person is paying and, and you can get the money, I guess, good on you. I'm not here to judge anybody. I just know for me, I am super grateful that my guest comes on and brings information that I can't get any place else. And they give me their time. They've already paid me. They Right there, they gave me their time. I feel like I've already been paid. And you go, well, yeah, but shouldn't they promote your show? In my opinion, if they can, great. I try to make it as easy as possible. But I don't, if they don't, they don't. That's my job. It's the, uh, it's the same thing when I, again, going back to my music days, a lot of musicians were like, well, the bar doesn't promote us at all. It's their job is to serve drinks and food. It was your job to promote your gig at the club. That's the way I feel about it. Uh, if you have any comments, you can always go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. And like I said, this is my side of the discussion. If you would like to continue on schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact, there's all sorts of ways that you can contact me. I'm working on smoke signals right now. I have email, there's voicemail, there's all sorts of ways to contact me there, but that is my opinion. If so, if somebody says, Hey Dave, what's your opinion on this whole, like charging people to be on your show? I'm kind of like, not really my thing. If you want to do it more power to you, just know these things. But for me, Nah, I think I've already been paid in their time and their expertise. 
We choose to make good podcasts in this year, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we are willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone. And it is my mission to help remove podcasts that suck from the planet. That's why I want you to go to podcastawards.com and vote for the School of Podcasting in the technology category. If you like the Packers fan podcast, they're good in sports and the newsworthy in the news section. But go to podcastawards.com, vote for the School of Podcasting in the technology category. Thank you. And for my friends that don't live in the U.S. and are under the age of, I don't know, 20, probably, uh, that is an absolutely hacked version of uh, President John F. Kennedy and his Why We Choose the Moon speech. But uh, yeah, if you want to go to podcastawards.com, vote for the School of Podcasting in the technology category. And while you're on your computer, you know what you need to do? Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question because I need these. It's coming up real quick. The question of the month. I need these by the 28th because the last Monday of the month is the 31st of August. Man, August is almost done. It's crazy. So by August 28th, I need the answer to this question, and that is, how do you keep going? Or another way, I guess, of looking at this is, why haven't you quit? What's been putting gas in your tank, I guess, is another way of looking at that. And uh, for those of you that don't have a podcast, you're like, what do you mean? How, how, what keeps me going? And this is partially inspired by Glenn the Geek, who just celebrated 2,500 episodes of Horses in the Morning. They do a 90-minute daily show. Holy cow, that's a lot of info. But if you go, well, Dave, I don't even have a podcast yet. Well, first things first, what is holding you back? So I have, it's almost two questions. One for those who have been podcasting, what's keeping you going? Why haven't you quit? And for those who don't have a podcast, what is holding you back? And if you do have a podcast, don't forget to say the name of your show, if you have one, and of course your website. And I need those again by Friday, August 28th. 2020. And then I assemble them. And that's going to be the last episode of the month. And while I've got you here, if you also have an idea for a question of the month, I would love to hear that as well. In case you missed it, it's time for a podcast rewind. I appeared on the Roscoe's Wetsuit episode number 45. This is a uh, YouTube show. And here's a quick clip. And so many people start a podcast and want to quit their day job in six weeks. And in my interviews of talking to people who are actually like making some bank with a podcast and nobody wants to hear this, it's three years. Three years of really pounding it, promoting it, and making content that's so good your audience can't help but share it with other people, and nobody wants to hear that. They just want to start a podcast. They want to burp into their phone, use a free media host, and go, well, how come people aren't banging on my door? And I'm like, because your show is awful. Is it just me, or do I sound a little drunk in that clip? I don't know. Anyway, thank you, Roscoe, for having me on uh, your show. If you would like to have me interviewed on your show, I would love to come on. I got a book that's coming out next month called Profit from Your Podcast. I talked about that at the beginning of the show, and I am happy to appear on pretty much anybody's show because, well, that's what it takes. 
to get the word out there. You never know who is listening. And if you're saying, Dave, I don't even have a podcast yet, then let me help you with that. That's what I love to do. Go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start because I want to help you start your podcast. If you've already got a podcast, I would love to help you grow it as well. However you sign up, use the coupon code listener. Now, for the record, that that coupon code, L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, I need a jingle for that, L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, uh, is not in print anywhere. I only put that here in the show so that I can see, hey, is this working? And a lot of people use that coupon code. So again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code listener. Now, over the next couple of weeks and maybe months, the show, you'll notice if I look up, like we're at a half hour and usually I'm somewhere around 40 minutes. Shows are going to be a little shorter because, well, I'm in the process of moving my sister out of the house that we grew up in into a better house. And I'm going to move into her house out of my apartment. And uh, there's nothing more fun than picking up everything you own, putting it in a box and then carrying it to a van. It's just a lot of fun. And uh, it's just, it's, it's an adventure in my case. So I don't have any more information. I know I talked about uh, I'm, I'm interv- I'm interviewing, I'm investigating uh, click tracking tools. Now, why would I want to do that? Because so many people talk about pretty links. I use pretty link. I don't know if it's pretty link or pretty links. Take your pick. And I use that on the school of podcasting, but what if you're not using WordPress? And so I'm interviewing some inter- interviewing. What is up? See again, my brain's just out the window. I'm investigating a few of these because how do you know what is engaging your audience if you're not tracking what they're clicking on and things of that nature. So I am going to be talking about that in the future. I have a couple under my belt I've looked at. And then as it always is with any rabbit hole, you start to kind of look at something and go, oh, wait, this one does that. Oh, wait, wait. So I'm trying to find the the best one for you. Uh, preferably, I, I as much as I talk about don't use free services, some of these are free and they've been around a while. So I'm kind of like, hmm, okay, that's interesting. But uh, as always, I'm always interested. If you have any ideas for future episodes of the show, you can go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. In fact, everything is out there at schoolofpodcasting.com. I've got my gear guide. I've got my contact information in the course you can join the school of podcasting so until next week thanks for listening take care god bless class is dismissed 